guys, we haven't done this. Like Peter just said, it feels weird because we haven't done an in-person podcast like this in a little while. Yeah. At least with all four of us. I know you guys did one with Ryan the other day, but with Peter, Antonio's gone. We don't have Antonio anymore. It's kind of nice, right? We're going to have a nice, peaceful conversation. <laughs> I think we're going to have an educated discussion about football. And no, no one's screaming <laughs> over each other. Is that what you're saying? And not circling back to Casano or Inter? Casano and Conte. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh, Antonio will be back very soon. Once he gets uh, his vaccine, he'll be back hopefully by the end of March. Uh, he'll be all good to go. And then we'll be back to normal. But it feels good. It feels nice. Uh, a lot has changed, I think, since the last time that we've we've done a real podcast like this. Uh, we've got a new league leader, a team that just won against Atalanta, a match where, Peter, I, I don't know if you bite your nails or not, but I'm sure that you have no nails after this. <laughs> I can't sure. lose any more hair, so. <laughs> 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 My God. It was uh, a little scary, no? Yeah, I mean, Atalanta deserved that win. They dominated the game. I think Inter, well, listen, I think Conte prepared the game to defend for 90 minutes, get the goal, and, and, and secure the win. And... The game plan worked, but they didn't take any shots on goal. I think going forward, there's a lot of problems. I don't know if we're going to jump right into the game yeah, now. Um, but I think this was probably, you know, Lukaku's worst game of the season, I would say. And not to be harsh or anything, because he's allowed to have a bad game every once in a while. He's been unbelievable for Inter. But uh, you can tell, like, uh, I think when you saw him try to run by Palomino, and he didn't at the end, and he wasn't able to do it. Just shows the the, the game that he was gonna have. He's he's an unbelievable physical specimen, right? And the ability to to be able to to do anything with the ball on his feet and just run by you. And he's so strong. But today he didn't have a touch. It was it was poor. And you saw how when he does bad and he does poorly, Inter struggles. And there was a lot of frustration too. You saw Barella, who you know he's very. Uh, expressive when he doesn't like when, when the ball doesn't get played the right way but it was just over and over again Barella screaming and yelling and just going nuts Hakimi was kind of shut down like just going forward Inter wasn't wasn't there Lautaro. and yeah Lautaro so you know Conte the, the biggest question is Vidal right Vidal starting from the beginning and uh, you know Inter had been playing great without Vidal in the starting eleven. And I think he put him in just to match the physicality of Atalanta. But it, it, you saw, like, Vidal was just, he's, he's missed a step this season. And he was, I think, he didn't perform. Let's put it that way. And then, like, five minutes into the second half, I like the fact that Conte made a, a sub. And we all which, said the same thing. Which, uh, you know, he's, he usually he tends to, to wait till the end. But he, exactly. he was proactive. And mm -hmm. he got the win. Very important win. The, the teams that win the Scudetto are the teams that are, can play poorly and still manage to get three points. Yet again, this is Atalanta we're talking about. This is not some half team. This is a team that can give trouble to a lot of great teams out there. So that was that was awesome. my take uh, on the game. Well, Inder won the game, so credit to Conte that won the game. If he would have lost this game, then he would have been criticized oh, big yeah. time. I thought the, uh, the approach of the game in the first half, Atalanta was putting pressure. This was uh, Gasperini tactical. They wanted to go forward. They wanted to pressure. They had the chances to score a couple of corner kicks. One, Andanovic made a nice save. Another one, the guy hit it by, right by the corner and they had somebody there in the corner. Otherwise, that ball would have gone in. So uh, if you have that approach and you score a goal at Atalanta, then everything is well. But if you don't score, eventually you're going to get punished. So 
Inter uh, Atalanta was playing very good. I mean, they didn't let him breathe. Uh, Lukaku, I never seen the defenders. As soon as Lukaku got the ball, the defenders was right on top of him. They didn't make him turn. He usually, he has the time to stop the ball, put it on the ground, and then look right, look left, give a nice pass. Today, they didn't make him do that. And that's Gasparini. I think he did a good job defensively there. In the second half, Inter, of course, had to make a, a... We said already in the first half, I didn't like Vidal in the first mm-hmm. half. And in the second half, right away, he didn't wait until the 70 minute. He made the substitution right away. And um, Inter got the goal. Whatever, However you get it, you get the goal. Once you get the goal, then Inter approach was to wait for them in midfield. So they put five guys in front of the... In the back, they put another four guys in front and they left Lukaku up front and they defended. They defended with everybody. They defended with uh, Ericsson was defending. I saw Ericsson was playing, uh, you know, right outside, yeah, right outside his area. He became uh, a defender. So he turned Ericsson into also a defender. So whatever Conte said, whatever Conte is doing, he won the game and you have to, I I didn't like the approach in the second half because they, uh, I thought they they should have gone forward and trying to play and trying to score another goal but Conte's approach was hey let's wait for them and take our chances he won the game he's right yeah I was to be honest I was pretty impressed with with, um with how Inter kept the clean sheet against Atalanta Atalanta we know a team that have been averaging almost three goals a game and yeah they played ugly yeah they're playing uh Inter didn't play attacking football they absorbed all the pressure but they got. They did. At the end of the day, they got the job done. They got the three points. Lukaku didn't have a good game. Pretty much, everyone didn't have a good game. Skriniar, uh, the defense had a good game. Handanovic made some two crazy uh, saves that any other day Atalanta probably could have won. You know, or at least uh, got gotten a point out of it. So I, I give a lot of credit to Inter, uh, Atalanta. <laughs> probably unfortunate because they definitely deserve more. They did not deserve to lose. They were attacking. They did everything good. They high pressed, but uh, it seemed like Conte's uh, players just had that little bit extra and just kept absorbing every single attack. I thought one was gonna slip in, but they got a clean sheet. They got the win, and this is what they gotta do: Scudetto winning teams. Uh, get those ugly wins, and that's what, how it has to be done. Inter, a few seasons ago, they probably would have never got three points, even even a draw, to be honest, against Atalanta. Impressive, w- <clears throat> impressive would not be a word that I would use to describe this Inter. It was all Atalanta. The entire match was Atalanta. Inter absorbed pressure, and, they f- and Atalanta fell into their game plan. We called it almost to a T, in a sense, where Atalanta, the first 45 minutes, did a very good job. I think the way that you beat Inter, this Inter, when they're building out of the back, you pressure them into forcing to make mistakes. Atlanta did it a couple times, and it was working. The problem was Gasparini played with Malinowski as a striker next to Zapata. That was a mistake. Because Zapata, every time, was getting the ball, crossing it in. Malinowski has to play behind the ball, where Pessino was playing. He should have started with Muriel. I think if you started with that, you kept the energy up, you would have scored in the beginning. By not scoring in the beginning in the first half, that was when Atlanta lost the game. You had to have scored early when you had the momentum, when you had the energy. You can't keep that up for 90 minutes, of course. Then once they they let that go back, Inter build out of the back. I agree that Atalanta, they did a very good job at locking down Lukaku. Maybe that's how you stop Lukaku. Watch how Gasparini and the team defended him because they did a phenomenal job. Even stopping the Brozovic, Barella, or Vidal from giving him the ball could be a way to stop Lukaku as well. 
But Atalanta, in my opinion, gameplay was wrong, and they were setting themselves up for Inter to be able to score on one of these counterattacks. They put all the they were going up, but then they weren't pressuring anymore on that. And the way that you beat Inter is getting those out of the back. So I think that that was a mistake. One other thing, we said it on the stream, on the live stream, and we'll be live for Juve Porto, by the way. Derun is massively underrated. He is such a key for this Atalanta side. I don't care if they didn't win. He provides such a balance. Him and Romero, those are the two guys that I will say tonight impress me tremendously. Romero fits Atalanta to a T. He even had one time where he made a late tackle on Lukaku, which was phenomenal. Lukaku, almost 9 out of 10 games would have scored that play. Romero did a fantastic job. And Derun, again, doing the dirty work that goes unnoticed. So good stuff from Atalanta on that side. But they didn't, it's like they went 90% or 95%. They didn't go that full 100%. And when you don't score in the beginning, you waste your energy. And then Zapata came off and, and it was too late for Muriel. Also, Ilicic bothers me. Ilicic, I mean, I, I don't like I don't like Ilicic. If he makes one wrong pass in the first two minutes, he's done for the rest of the game. He doesn't have the mental strength to keep going forward and, and to overcome that. I don't like that from Ilicic. I feel like too many times he's putting his head down, he loses a ball, and then it affects him. He can't overcome something that he starts with. So that's my perspective. Yeah. Anything uh, else? I just think then obviously the Inter's approach, Conte's approach, for Atalanta, it's very hard to break down two lines of such a well-organized team when you look at the Inter practically defending an 11. So you said it best. I mean, Atalanta, their chance was to, to score in the beginning and score when and put Inter on their, on the nerve, uh, on their nerves. But, you know, listen, uh, especially in Italy, what counts is the win, right? Uh, Conte, now he's he won one nothing. He's the hero. Uh, if he would have lost his game, he would have been the zero. So exactly, and and yes, all credit to Inter. You got to win this game, even if you don't play well. You got to win this game. Yeah. What are we going to next, Maestro? I see you looking at your notes. Yeah, we, we can go. Uh, <laughs> we can go any way you want. Let's. Uh, you tell us. Let's start with um, La Sampdoria Cagliari. You wow. wanna you wanna talk about that? I mean, Cagliari seven that's points crazy. in the last uh, three games. I mean, that's uh, that's impressive. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, simply she came in two wins, one tie. The the tie was in the last minute. Uh, last I mean, last second. Yeah. The Nangolan from outside the area. I mean, this guy is like the, the one the World Cup. Everybody yeah. was jumping <laughs> up was and exciting. down. That was exciting. So if we look at uh, at Cagliari, uh, and we look at uh, where is Cagliari? So Cagliari right now has got 22 points. Uh, they are four. Uh, they're two points from Torino. Torino is ter uh, third from the bottom, but Torino has got two games uh, less. Mm -hmm. So uh, they only about uh, four points from um, f from coming out of that. Uh, depending also on what Torino does. So I think good job by. Uh, Good job by Cagliari. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, we were all laughing about uh, Di Francesco getting his renewal right. while the team was terrible. Yeah. Um, and there's some top players in this team. When you look yeah. at Godin, Nangolan, uh, Rugani. João Pedro. João Pedro. I mean, these are guys that should not yeah. be anywhere near the relegation zone. Right. And uh, right. maybe they just needed that little bit of shock yeah. to try to get these guys up. But it's going to be interesting because once you're down there, unfortunately, the season... Uh, you know, do you have only a certain amount of games left and you're going to have to battle it out. It's a very, very, it's, it's more of a mental game more than anything yeah, it's else. A, it's, a, it's a, the games are exciting at the bottom and at the top. So that's, yeah. uh, it's good. It's yeah. good for the, uh, for, uh, for the Scudetto. 
There was some other. Uh, there was. I know we posted it today. The two games that had 12 goals in them. They were on. Crotone, at the, Torino, and Fiorentina, uh, Parma. I think Fiorentina, Parma stuff. was 3 3. Mm-hmm. Fiorentina, Parma was 3 3, where Fiorentina scored in the 90th minute to take the lead. Uh, 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 sorry, Parma scored in the yeah. 90th minute to take the lead, and it was 3 2. And Fiorentina fought back, and in the last second. Uh, uh, it was a self on goal, and they <coughs> they tied the game 3-3. Uh, Fiorentina is struggling big time. The next game is against Benevento, uh, and both of them, I think they got 26 points, mm-hmm. uh, 25, 26 points. So it's going to be a tough, another tough game from uh, from Fiorentina. The commentator even said he was like, "The game is over after they scored," mm-hmm. and then and then it continued. And he said, "Surely's a winner." Yeah, yeah. No, no, he said it. That's a winner. He I mean, didn't say surely. It's, a, it's exciting. First minute, dude. It's exciting. You know? We we're seeing a lot of goals in the last few seconds. The the the, the Milan game. I mean, they score. The game was over. Ninety fifth minute. The game is over. Extra ten seconds, and they got the penalty. Uh, yesterday, Cagliari, Fiorentina. I mean, the games are up until yeah. the last second. Uh, they playing hard, so that's it's it's nice to see. Why don't we talk about Milan then? Since since you said about Milan, okay. So uh, go ahead, Milan. Uh, they had a, a few uh, a few new players on the on this. Uh, I didn't see the game, the Milan game. I mean, I know they won two nothing. I know they had some uh, some newcomers there, right? That yeah. uh, Krunic. Sco- Krunic has scored the goal. Yeah, I saw it. Very, I saw the goals. Very, very nice. So uh, AC Milan, even though they were missing a few players and Ibra was dancing at Sanremo, they were able to. Uh, <laughs> he was there. He was yeah, there. He, was on he the watched bench. the game. Yeah. yeah, he watched the game with them. He was able to to get uh, the win, which was not an easy uh, win against Verona. Verona is a very tough team. I mean, Verona is uh yeah i mean it's right it's right up there prior to this match week verona is the team along with inter to get the most points against the top seven teams or top 10 teams i think 15 points same as inter the same number as inter so verona is always coming out against the big dogs i think milan's been one of those teams like Every team has struggled with inju- injuries and stuff. Let, actually, Inter hasn't as much. Yeah. I feel like you guys haven't mm-hmm. been missing There's any in players. The beginning. In the beginning, because of COVID more than anything else. But. Milan have been missing a lot of players with injuries and with absentees. And they've dealt with them well. I know like many people were very scared when Zlatan was not going to be there. He was going to San Remo, all this, and he got injured. So that's the reason why he wasn't there. But they've still been able to deal with it and cope with it pretty well, all things considered. And Tomori... Which is actually, actually, we're gonna do the game that we did on live stream to my dad. We're gonna do it to Peter after. I'll, I'll use your computer for that. <laughs> it's fun, don't worry. Tomori has been a fantastic signing for AC Milan since joining, which you don't expect. You don't really hear, you know, there's there's always this like burden on Premier League shoulders where you say they don't create great defenders, right? And Tomori was at Chelsea. We didn't really know what to expect because we don't know him too well. And he's adapted really well. And he's almost put some of the starters at Milan a little bit under question. Where you see his the speed, the aggressiveness, uh, the tackles that he puts in have almost put Romagnoli to like, wow, this is this is this is the guy that we're gonna look to or be a reference point. I think Milan needs to do whatever they can to be able to sign Tomori at the end of the season. Well, for sure. I mean, his athleticism is what has really been able to to shine. Now, even tactically, you know, he's been able to fit within a Milan where everybody, you know, would say, oh, Italy's tactics are different, especially as a defender. But uh, as a young kid, he's been able to come in. And in Chelsea, they knew he was good. They just, unfortunately, Chelsea is one of those teams that they mm-hmm. spend and spend and spend. And there's certain players that you buy, like a Thiago Silva, that is forced to 
to play so the kid doesn't have the chance to play. So I think uh, well done to Maldini. I mean, overall, this Milan team, um, for the expectations in the beginning to what they're where they are now, you know, Maldini, I, don't don't for, don't forget. Last year there was question marks if mm-hmm. he was going to stay or not. They were going about they were about to scrap everything. Why are you looking at you Michael? Know? Oh, because why is everybody uh, looking at Michael right <laughs> now? <laughs> looking at me. Every- <laughs> Michael's got his head down. He's not going to change the camera to him. But but Michael's listen, Im- impressive win versus Hellas Verona, which has given a run for a lot of teams are running for their money. Juventus tied, right? Or did they lose? They tied. They tied. So I mean, there's felt uh, like a loss. Yeah, but I mean they. And they're so defensive, defensively sound, you know. And, Attacking, and able to the, score sec- the, the second goals. the least amount of goals yeah. conceded. In oh, the really? League. You yeah. Attacking wise, I don't see them. No, attacking. No, they're one of the crazy. least like the scoring. They, yeah. yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. The one other thing I would say is that I still agree with you, Maldini. This Milan, people need to understand, are way ahead of schedule compared to where they were. What should have been for the season that it is, they are way ahead of schedule, and they're doing amazing. The one thing I will say is that I think that we don't see the real Milan when Benacer is not there, though. Like I still feel like when he's there, Milan's a different team. It, I don't know. I don't know what it is. I know they got the win. I understand that. But for me, just the way that they build up, the fluidity, everything is better for Milan when Benacer is there. You really see it's important. We we've said this before. Like I would relate Derun. When Derun is not there for Atalanta, you start to see how important Derun is. And it's almost the same thing that I would relate for Benacer. When Benacer is not there, I see a little bit of holes in AC Milan. Yeah. I mean, I thought Milan, I was really surprised. I put a draw for this one. Verona, I feel like they didn't have that bite that, I don't know, that that we expected. I feel like they picked their games that they want to make the upset. And it looked like they played Juventus. I think they saw Milan. Maybe they didn't didn't go all the way on that one. Uh, But um, Milan... Milan, it was one of them was a spectacular goal. Yeah, they got it. Uh, Krunic. But overall, Milan is still discovering themselves. They have Zlatan out, Benacer out, their two best players. And time will only tell uh, how, how much better how much better they'll get. And uh, they got a really big test coming up against Manchester United on Thursday. Hopefully, this optimistic uh, win against uh, Verona could keep them uh, could keep them uh, rooted because they're saying they're hoping that um, they'll have Theo Hernandez back for that game, which is will, will be a big uh, morale boost. I was gonna go to the game, but then you reminded me that we got Milan Manu. Oh, I think we might as well just we we should preview it right now. Um, Milan against Manchester United. <laughs> I I I'm so mad that this game could not have been like another two weeks later, so we could have had Antonio know, live with us and Zlatan too. And Zlatan. What if we put Antonio hazmat suit? We can't like an that. entire suit. And give him a whole suit. Put him put in a hamster like ball, right? Put him in a bubble. Yeah, the bubble. You ever we'll seen the movie Bubble there. Boy? We like put him in like something like that. And we put him in the corner. There was a. <laughs> a we pal- put a separate camera. There was a politician in Italy. He's walking around with this plastic <laughs> bubble that he goes up to here. Yeah. yeah. He walks around like that. Oh, we could do that for Antonio. No, I'm serious. I'm really interested <laughs> to do that. I'll do it so that we can have him here live. Can you imagine Antonio and Ryan in the oh same room God. watching this game? We begged for this. Ryan would pop the bubble. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan will be here. Ryan will be here live. Um, it's going to be a very tough match. Manchester United just coming off a 2-0 win over Manchester Man City. City. They've done really well this season, to be honest. Manchester United, for all the stuff that we're joking with Ryan in the beginning of the year, they've really started to step it up and started to look better. Where Milan, on the other hand, they're catching them at a bad time, at a poor time. They switched forms, it seemed like. 
they did switch forms because I know in the beginning of the season we were giving Ryan like a lot of shit and oh, telling yeah. him like oh Milan will smack Man U if they played because at the time Milan were league leaders they had everything going their way and Man United was a little bit less so the tides have turned in a sense I still believe that Milan can can be able to to do the job against them I think it's gonna be difficult I'm hoping that they could remain a tie and hopefully get Zlatan back for the second leg. They're both in second places. Huh? Second place oh. in the Premier League, second place in the yeah, Italian yeah. League. So it would be interesting to see. But uh, in, Milan has to play their best game yeah, to, to stay with them. Yeah, you're right. I, saw, I saw them against Man City. They, uh, they look good. You know, they when they go up, they're dangerous. I'm Even though uh, s- uh, their number 10 got hurt, Rashford... Oh, he came Rashford. out of the game, so I don't know huh. if he's playing or not. Yeah. We know uh, Ryan told us Pogba is out for that game. So, so Pogba is fresh for this out because he's, he could be good. Sometimes when he's on, he's on. He's, he's really good. All right, let's do the game, Mike. I'll do the game? Yeah. Okay. All right, Peter. So you might have seen before uh, on our mm-hmm. Instagram, we posted we posted oh, this, this. Uh, graphic of mm-hmm. we rated. We gave an IFT rating. We already went through my dad's ratings. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're, you're shaking your head already. I don't agree with that rating. Oh, okay, okay perfect. Uh, this is perfect. That's what we need. Okay, so again, this is not in any like particular order. Like We just mm-hmm. chose a bunch of players. We can only choose five. Uh, we'll, we'll keep doing this. So first one that we put, Federico Chiesa, we gave him an 8.5 out of 10. And the reason being, we said lots of doubts coming from Fiorentina, but he's embodied what it means to play for Juventus, providing energy, skill, leadership, and leadership during tough times for the team. When Juve needed a spark, he's been the guy to step up. Our top transfer of the season. Give your thoughts and your rating. Top transfer of Serie A or for Juventus? No, Serie A. Serie yeah, A? in general. Yeah. So, no, I don't think he's the top signing. Who is uh, uh, I think Hakimi. There we I go. I think Hakimi is is the top signing. But listen, <laughs> everyone has their own uh, opinion. But I think no, Keza definitely for for a lot of the haters out there, such as Antonio. Um, you know, everyone said, "Oh, Keza in the big team, he's not going to perform." He's stepped up and he's been able to perform. I, the only reason why I don't say he's the number one, you know, transfer is because look where Juventus is in the table right now. And I'm not blaming Keza, but. I don't think he has such an influence if you want to say your top thing. Where Hakimi with with Inter, I mean, this is a player that Inter has been missing since Mike Cohn days, and Inter's on top of the table, and he's that. been able to... Think. No, no, I believe. No, no, I said we added that, the okay. Mike Cohn yeah, part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I what, what was your I rating for Keza? Keza? Out of 10. Out of 10, I'll put 7.5. Okay. Uh, so Hakimi, we gave an 8 out of 10, and we said... Conte got the guy he was looking for. It took a bit of time to really let Hakimi into the team, but once he did, he's proved he's provided top quality in a position that Inter have lacked since Maicon. He runs all day and has off and has the offensive ability to create a goal at any time. A true modern fullback who's been a game changer for the league leaders. What's your rating for him? I'll give him an eight. Eight okay. out of ten? Yeah, I'll agree with your rating. Okay. Next one, Weston McKenney. We give him a seven and a half out of ten. Mm-hmm. We said, with loads of speculation being the first American at the club, at the club, Weston has provided the balance Juve's midfield has so desperately missing. Grinta, determination, energy. Just a few words to describe what he's brought to the team. In his first season, he's already become the highest scoring American in Serie A's history. The future is bright for Weston McKinney. My rating? rating, I would say seven. Seven, okay. And then Tomori, the last one, we gave him a 7 out of 10. Mm-hmm. We said, you don't ever expect a young center back to come to Serie A from the Premier League and outperform the veterans immediately. But that's just what Tomori has done. With Romagnoli struggling and Kier unfit, Tomori has been a rock at the back. 
He has it all. Marking, speed, aggressiveness. And for a center back, he's great on the ball. We hope he stays at Milan for a long time. This was the only one that my dad disagreed with. Really? Well, I was not to, to I haven't seen Tomori enough. Enough, you know, I'd like to say, I think he only played eight games. Yeah. Uh, so I'd like to see him a little bit more from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, I, I think seven, 6.57. He hasn't had many games, but when he's been there on the field, he's, he's done well. He performed well. So uh, I'll give maybe 6.5 for me. You just want to be different on that one. Why not? Where are we going next? Let's go to Napoli Bologna. So the uh, Napoli Bologna three one. Um, uh, they uh, again they're not talking. You know, even though this would have been the right time to start talking, right? <laughs> you win the <a> game. <laughs> you win the game. Uh, start talking. Osime finally scored where he was uh, a couple of months, two three months yeah. without scoring a goal. Something like that. So he, he finally came to the goal. I mean, uh, Napoli, uh, give, it, give Gattuso a break. Right? So <laughs> Napoli has got 47 points. They are two away from Atalanta. Atalanta's got 49. And Roma's got 51, but they got one game less. So uh, if they win, they could go to 50, which is right uh, by the uh, fourth place. So, And we were talking about the players that you're missing. I mean, Napoli, if you look at my, they they miss Mertens. Koulibaly, Manolas, Manolas, Osime. I mean, they've been missing a lot of players. Yeah. So uh, they already started talking about uh, possibly Spalletti. Uh, they're talking to Benitez. They're talking to Sarri. They're talking to Mazzari. I mean, it's, that's not right. Mm-hmm. Let the guy a coach is trying very hard. Let the guy finish the season, and then and I feel that like this comes in. It comes from the president. It's a shame, you know that. Uh, that he brings that to, to the uh, to the team. There was uh, something that happened during that game. The goalie, he got the ball and he went yeah. to the edge oh, yeah. of the penalty and he kicked the ball and the Palacio was just standing there and what happened is he raised his leg. So <laughs> the goalie kicked the ball and Palacio went like this. The ball hit it, Palacio. He took control of the ball and he scored the goal. Yeah, but it didn't count. But uh, it, it did not count. So even though he never touched the goalie, and the goalie, the ball was up in the air, and then he went to kick the ball. Um, technically, the rule is you're not supposed to challenge the goalkeeper once the goalkeeper is he's got the ball in his hand and he's kicking the ball. So that was uh, rightfully taken away, right? Right, right. According to the rule, yes, it's the right call. According to you, <laughs> I felt like there was something underneath that. Well, according to me, he never touched the goalie, you know, and the ball. But it was the act. Like if I have the ball in my possession, you can't touch that. You can. Yeah. But he, what he what he did is he he threw the ball up in the air, so he's got no more possession of the ball. And then he kicked the ball, yeah. and there was no foul. I say he, you should be able to get it. He hit a Palacio, and Palacio. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I say you know, so. Palacio. First of all, that was so stupid for Ospina. For like that was so like brainless. Why would he? Why would he do that? He was right there. Uh, like that, that was very likely. That, to I happen. agree. Like, I agree. They yeah. should be able to count that. I yeah. would if probably give it a foul, just, just I'd give it a goal and be like Ospina. What's the matter with you? <laughs> I'd be the one. I was like, why the hell would he do that? He's right next to you. <laughs> if you don't foul oh the guy, it would have been really funny. Uh, if, that's all I got for Napoli. If Ospina would have hit him, right, and he goes down for a penalty. 
penalty. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> you get a penalty for something like that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Insignia, I think, also. Smart. Did he. He played amazing. He scored, outscored Cavani's uh, goal scoring record at Napoli. So he surpassed a Cavani's Serie A goal record and for many Napoli. More games, of course. Yeah, and, and a lot of more course. games. Uh, but I believe. I think he's, uh, he's in sixth place for Napoli uh, all time, which is pretty good for Serie A. Um, but yeah, Insignia played uh, an incredible game. Uh, he he seemed very he seemed possessed, and I feel like he took the leadership role on because there was a lot of controversy when they tied last uh, second to who the hell was it? They yeah. tied three three against Sassuolo. Uh, then uh, afterwards, uh, Insignia just hit like the, one of the billboards and apparently said something to the team. He like cursed no, no. them out or something like that. He said this team is shit. Yeah, he said I didn't want to say, it, but yeah, he said that. But then there, he got a lot of criticism on that, yeah. saying like, oh, he's not a true leader, he's not a true captain. But now his performance, he seemed like that's uh, a good point. They came back strong. Yeah, he came back strong in this game. Well, listen, I think during a season or yeah. during a bad game, the way that they lost to Sassuolo, where I mean, lost. They tied to Sassuolo. You have the ball and a throw-in, and you throw and you lose the ball there to then uh, give up a penalty. It's just terrible. I mean, you can't have that happen because then, look, already Napoli's in a good position. Those are three points that you have to get if you want to get that Champions League. So I think Insigne yelling or, or making a gesture is part of it. Anybody that questions a leader that doesn't yell or doesn't scream or stuff like that, that that's too much and Never i think it goes down to, it, go, it goes down to the journalist it goes down to the the controversy that's created off the field between the Laurentis and look the coaching search and everybody trying to find the story to sell newspapers and that's the unfortunate thing because gattuso you know what he might lack tactically you know he, he gives 120 percent 150 percent and he's you know he's in it for his players and he deserves more respect for what he's able to do. The only question that I have, and I and I can't really answer, I can't get a, my my a grip on it, is why do Napoli some games show up, and and some games they're just out of it completely. Like I don't see why that happens if the players are behind Gattuso, and I think they are. So like, is it just the fact that there's injuries, the fact that this team maybe mentally is not stable, and Gattuso is still trying to like fix it, work it? But I just don't get that. I don't understand how you can go have a, a perfect performance and then you know lose to Granada two nothing or you know tie Sassuolo three three after you're you're winning. I, but uh, Osimhen, uh, I mean Osimhen and Mertens up front, that's uh, a big loss front. to yeah. score a goal. And Koulibaly and Manalas in the back, even though they they didn't do a bad job. The uh, one game they did a good job. What did when did they? Maximovic So you know those are important. Uh, People no. that were missing from his team. About Insignia, before we move on. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you, Peter. It's so it's the dumbest thing in the world for people to question his leadership for saying that. It's totally fine to say your team sucks sometimes. Because guess what? It's a reality of, of a team. And the only reason anybody makes a, a, a saying out of this is because you've never been... If you heard what would happen inside locker rooms, I want you to go hear what happens inside a locker room if Juventus ties last second. What they would say against Fiorentina. You know, against anybody... Right? They tie against Verona. They tie against Crotone. Go go listen to what some of the guys say. It's fine to say that you suck sometimes. Like you said, it's it's yeah. selling newspapers, number one. 
and it's people that have never been inside any kind of competitive environment that can't or has too fragile of an ego to say that you suck sometimes because guess what that's thing, what happens yeah, there's no problem there's with also, listen, saying there's that. things that are, are said that maybe you don't heartfully believe but you're yeah. just at the moment you're just that's sports that's sports it's life <laughs> that's why yeah. we're doing a foosball we're I'm cursing sure each yeah. other out I'm sure, you, I'm sure you've said something to your father you love your father I'm sure you said something to your father not a foosball he doesn't love it he actually kicked me during the football game. I only only a kick, man. I was calm that game. If you saw what happened yesterday, me versus Antonio in football, it was bad. It was brutal. I lost my first game. Antonio beat me for my oh, first yeah. game. I was br- I was horrible. I, w- I went twenty one or twenty two and oh, and then he beat me one game, and then I beat him the next one. So I beat him out of three. I beat him twice. He didn't want to keep keep it going, but he did beat me, and it was bad. But it if you bad. win two out of three, that should be one nothing for you. You know what? I swear, I was thinking that. I was thinking uh, that. I agree because you could have a fluke. The rules come the first time. But but then the same thing with you. I beat you two out of three. Yeah, so it's, I'm fine with that. Oh, okay. <laughs> I have no problem with that. I want to move I, on. I beat him one game. You did. You did beat me once. I lost twice now. Uh, I want to move on to Juventus because they had an incredible game against Lazio, a match that I think really could turn around the season. Before we do that, though, this episode is sponsored by Manscape. Uh, they have become our new long-term sponsor of the IFTV podcast. Uh, so big shout out to Manscape. Number one, an incredible product. Number two, they're helping support. Uh, IFTV, they're helping support us. Uh, like like people said about our Patreon, we got rid of our Patreon. We're back to everything free, and that's thanks to you guys supporting uh, Manscaped. They said you guys went crazy. We have a twenty percent discount code, what? code IFTV what? for the for the discount. You get twenty percent off an unbelievable product. Is it, is it all capital? What is it? Just IFTV? No matter how you put it, IFTV. IFTV. There's even Culture Twenty, which is another one. You choose whatever you want. Get that, and we have an ad read that will go in. No. Man, this thing works. Uh, I'm telling you, uh, if you have a beard like Marco does, man, that thing works. You don't have to spend too much money. And if you are uh, at my age, uh, I mean, I used it. I used to go and spend a lot of money for wax for my back. And I mean, a lot. Of, <laughs> it's a, it's a, really expensive. I use this thing. Uh-huh. I save a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be the new slogan oh, for that. Man, this thing, <laughs> it, it works. You, you did and a li- save a lot of money. You did a little before and after of you cleaning up your neck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought I, it was an infomercial. I, yeah. I use it over here. My barber goes, uh, man, you're I, so clean in the back because I, I do. Thinks you're cheating on him. Oh, oh <laughs> <laughs> you better be careful. The, yeah. the good thing is that <laughs> it comes pretty good. The good thing is that it's just quick. It works. Yeah. And it's a great product. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we're happy if we can endorse a great product and they want to support our content. It's a win-win for us. So guys, if you want to manscape 20% off, the link is in the description. Just use code IFTV or Cultural 20. Doesn't matter. They went crazy and bought so many the last time that we did one promo. So they're supporting us for the next couple of months. Manscaped will be part of IFTV's content. Let's get into the Juve game, a game that I was very excited for. The Juve started off terrible. They were 1-0 down. Correa made a fantastic move after Kulusevski lost the ball, beat Demiral, put the ball into the back of the net. The response from Juve then, what happened? You're looking at me like I'm crazy. No, no. Oh, I thought I made a mistake. No, no, no. Okay. I'm, I'm following you. Okay. <laughs> Uh, then Juve, Juve, I think, made a, a great reaction in terms of coming back into them. I think it was a shock to the system. And I think the game against Lazio was a game where if Juve lose that game, the Scudetto was lost. I think morally, mathematically, you start to look at where they are on the table. If you do not beat Lazio, one of the big competitors, a team that's got a very solid squad, it would have been hell. Ronaldo was benched. People would have 
killed Pirlo for saying, why do you bench Ronaldo, this and that. Again, missing a lot of players, a lot of, uh, you know, Bentancourt 24 hours before the match gets COVID. Your starting midfielder is not able to play. Juve dealt with the problems well. Federico Chiesa, again, once again, being a key man for this team, did an unbelievable job on, I believe it was the second goal where he assisted Alvaro Morata. Chiesa's character has been the most impressive thing about him. He has the spirit of a Juventino. He's got the skill, which we never really were worried about the skill. I think we knew the skill was there. I think we were scared about him making that step. And at times at Fiorentina, I think now we look back and we say, hey, some of his players at Fiorentina were the things that were holding him back. He did one move where he did a roulette inside the box, cut in and took a nice shot, which was phenomenal. So Chiesa has been one of the best players after Ronaldo this season, in my opinion. And then Alvaro Morata scores two goals. One that was a great finish, and then second one from the spot. And more so, and I said this before on the Juventus stream, Morata is so important because he spreads out the space. Kulusevski has has been forced to play as a number nine, which he's not. It's not Kulusevski's fault. He can't play that position. He's a winger. When we see him on the wing, he does phenomenal. He's not a striker, and it's not his fault. When Morata is there, not only is the goals that he scores, he spreads out the play and builds the team to go up. He allows that hold-up play, allows the freedom for other guys to do their job properly inside the box. So all in all, I think that this could be the turning point for Juventus this season. They have a very important match tomorrow against Porto, which we will preview after we go over this. And I think with this Lazio, with a win tomorrow, this is the comeback that Juventus need for their season. Yeah. But before we go to Porto, yeah. about Lazio. I, I just want to talk a little. It was pretty impressive considering Juventus didn't have Ronaldo. And how many times do we, whenever, whenever we see Juventus play without Ronaldo, they don't have that final bite, that instinct, all that stuff. It seemed like it was going to be another performance when Kulusevski, when Kulusevski messed up Korea. Great goal. But after that, I don't know. Lazio this season, they've been underperformed. I don't know if they overperformed last season and I thought of them so highly, or this season they're showing their true self or they're really underperforming. Uh, some stats which I find crazy. Uh, Luis Alberto still hasn't registered a single assist in over 25 games. That's all which season. Is, which is... Uh, disgusting like he's a, he's a player that's supposed to he's that was lead yeah. i mean he was that's his main job to and he, can't, he hasn't gotten a single assist that's crazy a single assist when I you told me that to, i couldn't believe it. i mean i don't know who to blame me i don't know if inzaghi's not still i don't know if lazio i don't know if uh lotito has to be buying quality players i don't know if lazio are just underperforming i don't know what it is but Lazio took a dip, and they're not the same team as last season. They're not as scary as last season. Last season, I think they played Juventus four times, and I think they won two or three out of the times. This season, they're just uh, uh, they're folding, and without Cristiano Ronaldo. So, I don't know. There's, still, there's a lot of questions marks for me with Lazio. I put them top four because I thought I was going to see a little bit of last season, but they look like a completely different team. Lazio, get yourself together because I don't even think Europa League is going to be Jeez. where you guys are going to go next season. Thoughts? I thought the Lazio, they started pretty good and they, they scored the goal. I mean, they have one of the best midfielders in Italy. Uh, and then they, uh, by the uh, end of the first half, second half, they uh, they, they just uh, they, they didn't do the job. And like you said, Juventus, even though there were uh, some uh, very important players missing from uh, from the team, they, they managed you know, to come back, they managed to get a very important win. And now they got um, 50, 51 points and uh, Milan has got 56 points. 
and they have one one game less. And if they win that game, they go to 54. They'll only be two points away from AC Milan. And AC Milan, if they win that game against Napoli, AC Milan is going to have to watch out because they're going to lose that second portion because there's no way that uh, Juventus... Uh, uh, once a couple of more players come back, they they're gonna. When you put them with the backs against the wall, they they're gonna come true. The only thing, and I've said it before, that they're missing is at midfield. The midfield is they're missing that that guy that is really a champion. You know, the guy that he makes the difference in the middle of the field. If they would get that, they would improve a lot. One thing to add, and I'll let you go just quick. Uh, Rabio, I want to give credit to Rabio because he did a very good what? golazo. Yeah, but but more so, Allegri has said in the past that Bentancourt never shoots. I think that the big problem is Juventus midfield; they never take a shot. You never see them scoring goals. Rabio did a great play. Number one, he broke the line. He got behind the defender, and number two, he took a shot. And look, it goes in. Great, great job by him on that. And if he could build into this this momentum, he could do really good. Yeah. No, I think that that shot was was a firecracker. But Pepe Reina, unfortunately, was leaning one way, got caught in the first post. You're never supposed to get caught in your first post. Twice. Uh, and twice, yeah. Yeah, twice. Uh, but going, uh, you know, beyond that, I mean, Lazio, they started the game well. You, I thought this was going to be a good game for Lazio, that they were going to stay and, and compete with Juventus. You were very happy, right? Oh, when he scored, I was like, oh, this is looking good so far. But they missed chance after chance. And that was a problem. Fares, Milenkovic, Savage, these guys, crossbar, everything, yeah. you know, was kind of missing. So at that point, Juventus just needed time to get back into the game. And they have, even though the midfield is, is not what it once was, you do have some quality players there. And as you said, Morata is a true number nine. He knows the timing. He knows how to make space. He knows how to be able to make the runs and and, and wait. There's, so a lot of times, it's not just running fast. It's not just going, going, going 100 miles an hour. It's knowing when you can slow down, when you got to turn it on, when to change speeds. That's what gets the, the defenders confused. And if you're just going 100 miles an hour, it doesn't work. Um, but Lazio's defense, I have to say, going back to the Bayern game, and then you mm-hmm. see again this Juventus game, it's just been a disaster. You got... Guys that they can move the ball with the ball defeat. They're trying to play the ball through the, the goalkeeper, and they're just confused all the time. Um, but listen, credit to Juventus. They came back from one nothing versus a tough opposition. They scored three goals. They win the game. Um, and Chiesa, you know, as we said, I don't rate him the number one, but he is a high, uh, I guess, number two transfer of the season. And I think what's great about him is he's got – Great skill, but he's he's so feisty. That guy, man, he doesn't want, he wants to win every little ball. He gets into the dirty. Like if there's mud over there, he'll go jump in the mud. I know what type of kid he was, you know. Like that, that's how that's Keza. Exactly. So that's good to see, and I'm happy to see as far as the Italian national team because there's a big summer that's coming up, and and we need leaders and guys to to uh, show up. One thing, the VAR, we got to talk about it. The handball. The only reason why we don't remember is because Juventus won 3-1. It almost escaped our memory. Uh, I mean, a clear, as clear penalty as you would get. Again, first thing, it's not saying that we think that it should be a penalty. The rules state, doesn't matter about how close you are, doesn't matter this and that. This year in Serie A, those have been given every time. The rule says that that is a handball. Do we all agree that it should have been a penalty kick on that challenge from Hot? Absolutely. 
Yeah, I, unfortunately, yes. <laughs> but, meaning like the guy's running and yeah. the ball bounces off his hand, whatever. But if he's got it extended, Chiesa's got a chance to get on the goal. It's a penalty. Now, I'm not saying I agree with the rule, yeah, yeah. but I'm just saying that the rule states that that's a penalty. That's I just want to make that clear. We're not saying that we agree with the rule, but the rule, according to the rules, that's a penalty. And and how do you not check the VAR? No, because Come on, going man. back to what we've talked Come about on, it's all crazy. the time with these referees, their arrogance sometimes. He said, I saw it. Oh, visto. And he didn't want to make... Uh, That's a disgrace, though. Yeah. That's a true disgrace because it could come down to that, you know, a win, a penalty being very important in a race. It wasn't this week, but that could have been the storyline of everything. Imagine imagine that happens to Inter when they play Juve and then Juve go on to win the Scudetto. It's happened before. I'm trying to manifest it. <laughs> they, they haven't understood how to use the VAR. The VAR is an instrument to help you make the correct call. At the end of the game, the most important thing is that you made the right call. End of story. Agreed. Two more points before we uh, go to uh, the Porto. The last thing with Lazio. Yeah. You think the run for Champions League is over? I do. They, are, they have 43 points. They're eight points from uh, from Roma and... Uh, and No, they are... Yes, from Juve and 51 points. In my opinion, the best four Eight teams. points away. In my opinion, the best four. Far. I think it's too far. The best four teams are Inter, Juve, Atalanta, Milan. and Milan. Mm. Those are my four teams. Mm. Those are my four teams where I say that those guys deserve to be in the Champions League, personally. Mm. No, for me, no. Two more points before we preview the yeah. Porto game real quick. Okay. Uh, I want to say I was wrong about Federico Chiesa. I'll say it right now. I didn't think that he was needed on Juventus. I thought he was an excess buy. After seeing the terms, I did think that they were very favorable terms for Juventus, but he has completely proven me wrong, and he was a great signing for Juventus. One of the reasons, one of the main reasons I didn't like Chiesa was, number one, the players around him at Fiorentina, I think they made him look worse, now all things considered, now that we can look back. But number two, it was more so about Kulusevski, and I think that that part I was right about, Kulusevski and Chiesa are the same type of player. They play in the same position. One outdoes the other. So I thought getting Kulusevski, we already had Kulusevski, and then getting Chiesa on top of that, I thought was a waste of resource that could have been used to the midfield. I still do agree with that, where I think it could have been used elsewhere, but Chiesa has been phenomenal, so you have to give credit to them for, for getting Chiesa. I'll say I was wrong about that one. What's interesting also is Chiesa sometimes going on to the left and cutting in a la Ronaldo. So if he learns that, that's going to be very, very lethal for Juventus and national team going forward. So Second thing, real quick, uh, Pirlo. I think people are still too harsh on Pirlo. And just to mm -hmm. give a little bit of perspective, I don't think it's Pirlo's fault uh, in a sense that you know he's in a position that's very difficult. If you think about a first-year coach, right? The guy was coming in to be, to be the U23 coach. He's put into a position where he's got to coach a team where there's only failure. You win a Scudetto, nobody cares. Nobody will care. If they win another Scudetto, they'll never say anything crazy. You get knocked out of Champions League, you're the villain. You're the guy that, oh, wow, look, same thing. So he's set up to fail in a season where Juve didn't do enough off the pitch to get better players, in my opinion. And with better teams, because Inter, Milan, Atalanta, they're, they're all much better than they were in previous seasons. And he's been in a year with COVID where they have had so many injuries. He has never, never consistently had... A starting 11, that's a true Juventus 11. And I know there's not an excuse. There's a difference. Every team has had to deal with injuries, right? Almost every team has had to deal with injuries. But the other coaches have much more experience in dealing with them. It's it's Andrea's first year, and he's got to have all of this on top of him. Cut him some slack. Cut him some slack. He's not that far off. Yeah, he's not far off. But I think also the players that he has, 
does help him. I understand the injuries and whatnot. They're overvalued but a little bit. He's got to stop trying to reinvent the wheel. I agree. I think that's the biggest thing. Like he's trying to try all these different players in different positions. Just play the game simple. You have the players that can change the match at a at a, at a flip of the coin. Just stop trying to change football. Do it cautiously. I, guess. I agree. I, that's, and I think that's my only say. I think that sometimes he's too stuck on the three-five-two, where yeah. he's like forced to play that. No, even if you don't have the same players, he's forced to play that. But having said that, Michael. Porto. Uh, yes, so uh, we have the probable formations. Juventus must win game tomorrow. Win or go home, uh, pretty much. Uh, they're playing with a 3-5-2 formation. Uh, I'm going to read it off right now. With Chesney as a goalkeeper. With Delic, Bonucci, and Sandro. So good news with Delic. There was some... Uh, a lot of reports saying if he'd make it or not. So he's uh, most likely going to start. Uh, then Cuadrado, Chiesa over there on the wing in the wing positions with Rabio, McKenney, and Artur in the middle, and Morata and Ronaldo. I'm really happy that I finally see Morata uh, playing where he belongs, unlike Kulusevski uh, playing in a position that he doesn't belong, and Ronaldo over there is going to be the X factor. It's going to be a must win, and I feel like Ronaldo was really rattled by how Porto was like, uh, we're trying to... Um, we're messing with him a lot. Even the social media, I feel like he's he's going out for vengeance tomorrow, and it's going to be... There's going to be a big performance from Juventus. They're definitely going to perform, I think. Gaetano? I like the lineup, except uh, I would probably have Danilo in, in there. He's suspended. Oh, he can't play? Yeah, the yellow. yeah he got the okay. accumulated. Right, so that's, uh, I like the lineup. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. And I think that this is the best lineup that you could possibly yeah. get. The midfield will be key. I think getting Artur and McKenny back into the best with Rabiot, who had a good performance in the last match, is key. This midfield leading that way, you got Morata and Ronaldo back. Chiesa is on form. Cuadrado's amazing when he's there. De Ligt likely back. Chiellini will be called up. They have everything to win. We should say they lost 2-1 in the last match. They got that crucial, crucial away goal. Without that away goal, it would have been almost impossible. Not almost impossible. It would have been very difficult. Porto is a team that, yes, they want to, they'll probably sit back. Pirlo said, if they get, if they try to put a bus in front of us, we're going to make sure we move that bus. Uh, Morata said afterwards, you know, don't give up on us. We're not a team to give up. 1-0 puts Juventus through. It's not probably going to be a high-scoring match. I feel very confident. I think that Juve understands what's at, what's at stake. This is the season. This is the season. You cannot go out at, against Ajax, out against Lyon, and out against Porto now. It, it's not possible. Tomorrow, test the character of Juventus. Tomorrow, test the character of every player that's in the squad. Tomorrow, test the character of Pirlo. And tomorrow could be the match that turns Juventus' entire season around. They still have everything to play for. But tomorrow, you must win and you must go through. Yeah, I mean, Pirlo has a, a tough job tomorrow because even though, you know, Juventus, you don't have to win by a lot with a one nothing you pass through. But it's the attention to detail. It's the because Juventus that game versus Porto, if you remember, they gave up the two goals, one in the start of the first half, one in the start of the second half, yeah, which fluke goals, fluke goals, and you cannot afford another game uh, that you you get distracted, right, or that you're not on 100. So Pirlo, it's important that he has these guys ready. I think with Ronaldo and with these guys knowing the first result, they're gonna come back in the second game. And they're gonna be able to put the maximum uh, performance and put the nail in the coffin of, of Porto. So, listen, uh, Juventus, you have, 
I like the midfield, as you said. Cuadrado, for me, is an unbelievable player, man. Every time I watch him more and more, the guy is so quick, makes a decent cross. He's, he's back and forth. So uh, I like to see what Juventus are going to do. And I, I think I, I think 2 nothing. If I want to say a result, I think Juventus is going to come in with a 2 nothing result versus Porto. I take that too. 2-0, two, goal from Chiesa, goal from Ronaldo. Hmm. Okay. No, I think Morata is going to score anyway. I I'm, wanted to say Morata too. My, uh, I, I, uh, I called him and we spoke about it, right? I gave you my, uh, my result. It was two nothing uh, for uh, two for zero? Juventus. Yeah. I don't Mike? think I gave. Uh, I'm going to say three zero. Uh, Ronaldo hat trick. Ooh, Ooh. Yeah. I let the I go think vibes. He's, I think he's possessed. He's going to go crazy. He's <laughs> going to go off, especially because he's he's uh, from Sporting and Porto's a uh, big rival from there. From, from your mouth to God's ears. What else we got? Roma. What else you got written down over there? We got Roma Let's that beat uh, Genoa one nothing, uh, and Roma is uh, still uh, in fourth in place. Fourth place, and yeah. uh, they are fifty one points tied with Juve, uh, with for fourth place. So I think that Roma is doing uh, they doing a good job, and uh, yeah, Zdeko did not play. Uh, hopefully, he's gonna come back uh, this week. Maybe uh, he should be on the field, but. You know, without Zeko, and they they still winning games, uh, struggling, but they winning, and that's important. And still, all the criticism with Fonseca, but right. <laughs> they're fourth place. We're talking yeah, about all the injuries they got. Yeah, Smalling's finally back. He's right. getting consistent minutes. He's been out uh, for a while. We know that. So you know, the fight people, with Zeko. <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> that, I mean, there's just so many factors, and maybe. Uh, a lot of people, even us sometimes, I feel like maybe we're a little bit harsh on Roma, saying like they're such a difficult uh, piazza to coach or, you know, they have such um, fans that are always demanding the most. But fourth place in uh, in the Serie A uh, competition right now that's been one of the most competitive in the past decade, I think that's extremely impressive. I would not say they'd be fourth place if you told me. I think they'd be... I would have assumed where they'd be the sixth or seventh place, but with the way people are talking about, but the way people are talking about them and how good the, this season is in general, how competitive it is. I understand what you're saying. I, I think Fonseca, like we said, or a lot of Roma fans are complaining about him is because versus the top seven teams, they haven't performed well. Haven't but at the won. same time, I think that's more of him maybe not t- making that tactical judge uh, adjustment. Where maybe an Italian coach look at Conte to get this win versus Atalanta, he changed his tactics completely and defended and parked the bus. Whereas Fonseca it's maybe is tactic. not that Italian style. He says, "No, I'm gonna play this game the way I want to play, and I'm gonna be attacking." And you get caught sometimes. You get beat when you verse these top teams. They're gonna catch you. And you, you know, Roma. If you look at their roster, I don't think they're better than uh, you know Inter, Juve, Milan. You want to say? And uh, Atalanta, we we know what they're doing. So I mean, it, it's okay to lose to these teams, I think. And you know, they're in fourth place right now, and they're they're in the running for the Champions League. Very well said, guys. That's it. Udinese won uh, against Sassuolo two nothing. Good job by the Paul Llorente and the coach. I think he's doing a fantastic job. You know, they're getting uh, very valuable points and wins. Yeah. Even, even the bottom Crotone. Got yeah, a win. I was, I was just about to yeah, say that. Crotone yeah. beat Torino 4-2. <laughs> Torino. Uh, they still got a, a lifeline, but... Mm, 
the bottom relegation table is like a few points away. So it's not like if Grotona gets a win next game, they're going to switch positions. So they're not going to be uh, dead last. If you guys didn't see Unas' goal, by the way, definitely see it. He turned into Maradona. He passed three players, was on the line balancing, and just cut and shot top left corner. Amazing from uh, Grotona. They just got... Well, what are you well, I was going to say, did you see Cerse Cosmi's... Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. That yeah, yeah. looks like oh, you sometimes. That. Yeah, yeah, that's how you know, he's a it. DJ, too. He's, yeah, oh, yeah, we talked about Peru this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're missing the glasses. Yeah, I got to get the glasses. We got to get a nice sponsorship from a glasses that's company. That's true. Del Piero's got a glasses company. There you go. Can we hook that up? Come on, Del Piero. Anything else? Um, let me see over here. Okay, that's it. Uh, I just, okay, I wanted to add something, <laughs> but it wasn't. I just want to say a quick thing right now, Gaetano. If I ask you, ah, oh, crap, you saw it. <laughs> I'm gonna ask Peter. Peter, if I had to ask you, um, in the top five leagues of Europe, uh-huh. who who scored the most goals as a Brazilian uh player, who would you say? In in general. In general, this season. Like, yeah, just yeah, this any, season. anyone, not just in Serie, a, you know, top five leagues. Okay. What would you say if I asked you? Gabriel Jesus. Gabriel, maybe Neymar or whatever. No, Gabriel I'll Jesus. I'll Gabriel Jesus, right? Come on, man. You should be smarter than this. And João I, Pedro. Yeah. Is, it? is it really João Pedro? You, know, you would say it was Gabriel I know, Jesus. I know. And I'll tell you you're wrong. João Pedro for Cagliari. That's trying to stay up in Serie A. Has the most goals in the top five leagues as a Brazilian. How many goals does he have? 13. Wow. Guys, make so, sure you follow in, at Culture on Instagram too yeah. for content from exactly. all over the world. Exactly. For the top five leagues at Culture, Marco said it. Wow. On Instagram. And yeah, it's amazing Serie A this season. We're getting ready for a Champions League, for Europa League. Good luck to everyone, uh, to all the Serie A teams in Europe this week. It's gonna be it's gonna be a busy one, and hopefully some positive results. Guys, thank you for everybody that was watching. Make sure you use code IFTV or That's code right. Cultural Twenty for how much? For twenty percent off your Manscaped products. They support us. You support Manscaped. them. That's how it works, guys. As always, thank you for watching. We'll talk to you soon.